This week on the Business of Lifting Weights, we discuss the common mistakes we see with gym programming and how these mistakes limit your potential growth. What's going on, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. We are owners of Performance 360, and we are back with episode 34 today of The Business of Lifting Weights. Today, we're going to talk about programming. We had an episode that we discussed, I believe it was episode 11, Yep. Uh, last year on programming that I would recommend listening to, but today we're going to talk about that in a little more detail, coming from a little bit of a different angle. Um, but first, I think we want to just a quick few plugs. Um and favors that we have to ask people. If you could please uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, we would appreciate that. Um, that way you also get just instant downloads when it when the new episodes come out. We've had some people ask us um, just how, how, to, how to better stay in tune with things that we're doing. Um, also, we do have a website, thebusinessofliftingweights.com. Um, we have all of our podcasts on that website, as well as a bunch of articles that we've started writing and some posts on that. So, um, if you guys are looking for more content and more information on how to better run your gym, a lot of that stuff is on there. So check it out. Nice. Anything else? No. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So we want to talk about programming today. I know that a lot of, I would say like 90% of the stuff that I feel like we talk about on the podcast is all business oriented, yep. which like the business of lifting weights. That makes sense. <laughs> so we definitely purposefully come at it from that angle because so many people are What's what's the word like technicians, but not like good owners? What, what's the e myth breakdown of that? I forget the actual terms, but yeah. yeah, like too many people are working in in the business, not on the business. So we try to come at it from that angle of how to better work on the business. Yep. But today we are going to talk about that technician perspective, um, and we are going to talk about programming because I think people can stand to program better as far as attracting and keeping more members. Right. Um, I think programming is a big one that doesn't get talked about enough as far as how to build a good gym. Like right. the food at a restaurant has to be good. Right. All of the operations and staffing and marketing and, and all that is not going to overcompensate if the food is bad. So yeah. I kind of liken fitness to that. Yeah, no, I, I love that analogy too, because you can, if you have bad food, you can get people through the door, but the way you make money and the way you stay in business long term is by keeping those people coming back. And if you have shitty food, you know, they'll try it once and then they'll go elsewhere. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. It's all about repeat customers. Yep. So I think we're going to talk about kind of the major mistakes that either we have made um, or that we consistently see through uh, people who go to other gyms, through things that we observe. Uh, I, I personally get a lot of feedback on gyms from buddies of mine who are all over the country who go to different CrossFit gyms, who go to different styles of gyms and yep. are always, always, always asking me my opinion on things and share their experiences. And that's where I personally get like the really good stuff on things to avoid. Right. Um, a lot of my friends are what I would say are like high level members. A lot of them are really strong and really competent. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to hear their take on things that annoy them. Um, and things that they don't like. Right. And I also have friends who are not on that. They're just, they go to gyms, they go to CrossFit gyms and they talk about like things that they didn't like, whether it be, they weren't, you know, they had injuries that weren't worked around well enough or too much focus on the high level people and, mm -hmm. and all that. So, um, 
definitely, I think some good perspective on just feedback we've been able to get. I don't know, like kind of your approach for gathering feedback or getting information and, and assessing what other people are doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, you're, you're the programming guy. So I think all of that feedback mostly comes to you. Um, I get a ton of emails from people that join. Right. And after the first That's kind week, of what I mean. yeah, first week or first month, they just like, you know, we have an auto email sequence that goes out to members that are asking, you know, checking in with them, um, asking them questions, basically getting them involved. And so we do get a lot of responses from people just being like, you know, I love what's going on. Like, I love your programming. I love how it's tailored to myself. And, um, you know, these people come from other gyms. And then when they experience this, um, their eyes are opened a little bit at, at what else is out there. Because I think a lot of times people go to CrossFit gyms or um, other strength and conditioning gyms and they just think that that's the way everything is because that's their you know, their main experience with the, with the gym they go to. So um, that always, like, makes me feel feel really good it's like a huge confidence booster when we get people that have experienced other gyms in the past and then come here and are like wow i really like what you guys do yeah um i think that it's really hard like to be honest with you i I can i can see the challenges that a lot of gyms face because you want to get people better and you want to get keep people safe i would hope (laughs) but you also have to constantly be aware of like, yes, everyone is in there for more or less the same reasons, yep. but they might be there 75% strength, 25% to look good. Somebody might be there the opposite of that. Right. Everyone has like the same percentages of that pie, but people have different kind of portions of what they want out of that. Does that make sense? That didn't make sense. No, but no. I know what you meant. <laughs> They all have the same. Cool. <laughs> they all have the same makeup of the pie, just different percentages of yeah. which. Slice. Yes. Yeah. And, and that stuff matters because, yep. like, how you pull the strings on the programming, it's going to skew. You know, is it going to skew more strength? Is yep. it going to skew more conditioning and fast pace? And you know, leaves has has you leave the gym feeling sweaty, which yep. is that feeling that everybody you know loves. Right. So um, that kind of brings us to the first point of. Don't be too strength oriented. Yep. And that's like, people are probably like, huh? Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Of course, you're going to train strength. Yes, yes. Of course, you're going to train strength. But I was having a conversation with my friend the other day who um, goes to a gym out in Denver. And he was saying that sometimes they'll have workouts where it's one lift, five sets, and like, that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's like five by five back squat. That's the whole you're workout. Done. Yep. Five by five back squat is a great workout. Right. There's really nothing that that's not going to work. Right. But it's the classic mistake of seeing most programmers see their programming through only their own eyes and what they like to do. Yeah. And you obviously are limiting yourself to just what people like you like to do. And I think, you know, one thing that you've you've talked about a lot that I think is incredibly true is People, they want a little bit of everything when they come to the gym yeah. in every single class. Yep. So, you know, talk a little bit about that and like what that kind of means to you and the, and the benefits of that. Well, you know, if you were to ask me like what my primary goal is, my primary goal would be strength. I would say that, you know, whatever my percentage is, I don't know, maybe like 80% strength. However, I don't want I I don't attend our Olympic weightlifting class that often because it is heavily focused on pure strength and even though strength is my goal 
I don't want 100% strength. I want I want that feeling of um, you know being tired. I want to be sweating. I want to be huffing and puffing. So even though you know I still am getting my strength, I still want other things. I, I want some mobility in there. I want some some stuff that's going to make my body feel good and push it in different ways. If I'm just constantly doing strength, yeah, I might get a little bit better strength results out of that, but it, it's so one-dimensional that. I don't know. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't fit me, and I would consider myself a high-level athlete. Um, I don't compete or anything like that. I think it's stupid. But um, and I think that the average person is more like that than the person that just wants to to lift heavy all the time, and that's all they do. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for perspective on people listening, like you played professional baseball for seven years. Mm-hmm. You're one of the stronger members in our gym, and it's like you still like that aspect of getting a little bit of well-rounded fitness every time you come into the gym. I'm the same way, and this is like, yeah, we can speak empirically all we want about our own opinions, but we've sent out surveys before, Mm -hmm. and we've gathered this actual data that that people – Yes, people want to get stronger and they want to train strength, but it is such a small minority of your gym that only want to do strength stuff. And – I think it's like this overall every gym wants to be the best gym and they want to show off their athletes and they want to showcase their results, which is great. But I think it's kind of turned into this just like competitive thing where it's like who can get their gym the strongest. Right. And, you know, our classes, if you just take our gym, for example, they're pretty full open till close. And the classes that have the highest attendance are the ones that have that like multi-tiered approach, strength, conditioning, Mm -hmm. getting a little bit of everything in it. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, if you, for me, like I, you know, I spend an hour a day and just like when I'm doing something else, just like browse Instagram and just see what people are doing. And it's like all these gyms, like you said, they're constantly just like pushing pure strength agendas and like showing their members and like how much this person can lift, uh, you know, that, Oh, we had this, uh, CrossFit games athlete in the gym and like, look at what they did. And it's like, that appeals to a very small minority of people and it pushes a large group of people away. If, you know, if somebody is looking for a place that, um, to, to join and they're not, 100% strength focused, they're going to look at that and be kind of turned off and think that that's all that you guys do. So not only having a well-rounded program, but also showcasing that I think is hugely important. And not a, not a lot of gyms do that. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's almost like, you know, in the CrossFit and in the strength and conditioning world, like it's like taboo to do like boot camp style stuff. And we started our shred class almost three years ago. And Has it been three years? Yeah, wow. it was a long time ago, and we're seeing this now, where people will have, you know, it's called different things at different gyms. Right. Um, you know, sweat. I saw it called that at something, and like my same buddy was talking about how these classes popped up at his gym, and he like can't stand them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, oh. it doesn't always have to be heavy lifting, and gyms that are doing that, in my opinion, are very smart, offering diversified class options because. People, they want to be a part of your fitness community, but maybe they don't want to like snatch a lot or do a lot of back squats or things like that. So, you know, we also talked about don't do this too early. Right. So I think the sweet sweet spot is 
establish your core competency, get your regular classes, whatever you, you know, your WAD, whatever, like whatever those classes are, whatever your main class is, get that full on a consistent basis, then offer specialty stuff. But not enough diversification, not enough appealing to, you know, I, I always say you can appeal to multiple different types of people within one category. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, there's plenty of people who are interested in strength and conditioning. But like I said earlier, some people are more interested in strength. Some people are more interested in conditioning. Yet we seem to always just want to focus on like the strength side of it. Like conditioning isn't cool. Right. I've never understood that. Like I love conditioning. I think it's very effective. Yeah. I think it's very, you know, aerobic conditioning is very good for your health. It's very productive for weight loss goals. <laughs> it's, I've never understood this like, you know, fear of promoting a conditioning workout. Right. Like, why is that not cool? I mean, I, th I think it does come from, like, I, I forget when this trend was, but there was, like, a five-year trend where it was, like, you know, outdoor boot camps were the rage, and it was, like, you know, overweight women doing weird exercises outside, and it just, like, it kind of made the industry look at conditioning as just that. Like, yeah. you know, out-of-shape people... Um, you know, doing, I don't know, like movements that nobody's ever heard of because you just threw like 10 things into one and you call it a boot camp. Yeah. Um, so I think that that kind of pushed the industry to be like, whoa, 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 like we don't want to be that. So we're going to be the exact opposite and do mm -hmm. like go all in on everything else. But, um, you know, going back to your point, like people always overcorrect, overcorrect, yeah. like way overcorrect. You know, you look at a, a typical class of ours that's like a two or three tier or whatever with a strength and a conditioning portion. If somebody skews more on strength, well, they'll spend a little bit more time on that strength tier. Somebody that's more into conditioning, they'll be done with that strength tier a little bit quicker and can spend more time and effort on the conditioning. So it's, it is a very diverse opportunity for people to get what they want out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I love. Like some days I'll go in and I'll, you know, I'll do something like that where I'm squatting the majority of the class and I get an extra 10 minutes in on the conditioning portion. And sometimes I'm sore and I just want to sweat and I'll just bang out, you know, the strength tier and I'll beat my ass on the conditioning tier. It's like, it allows you to get whatever you want out of it. I think that's what's so appealing about it. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, you know, I don't believe that we're doing anything that's like revolutionary. I think the beauty of it is in the fact that it is so simple and so not complex. Yeah, it's like, I totally agree. Give people a strength tier, give them a conditioning tier. Diversify the conditioning options, diversify the strength options. Yeah. But it's like, do not fall into this trap of everything has to be big lifts, everything has to be strength. Are your biggest classes going to be back squats and deadlifts? Yes. Like, yep. that's just a reality. Of course they are. Yep. But don't make the mistake of thinking because they're your best classes that it's that's all that you do all the time. Yeah. So. Um, definitely diversify the options so that people can get multiple goals. I think that's, that's the main one. Yeah. And we honestly, like we'll get phone calls and emails from people that are asking about our programming and they'll want to, they'll be like, I'm solely interested in Olympic lifting. That's all I want to do. And we, we tell them to go elsewhere because we do a variety of things. We're not just going to do only lifting all the time. Mm -hmm. So you will lose a few people, but I think the other side is you'll gain so many more people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's not to say you still can't have strength elements and get people like yeah. really fucking strong. It's right. just, it's not all, it's not the it's only not thing everything. that you do. Yeah. So I know like over the last probably 
eight or nine months or so, we made the switch pro from programming to basically like, for lack of a better term, random to structured. Yeah. And I think there's benefits for each. Well, but talk about what what that means. So okay. Let's say in any given month, we would do like a lot of different stuff. One week, we might do snatches, squats, and have you know a bunch of circuits in there. The next week, we would do back squats and deadlifts. And then, you know, it was there was really not a ton of structure to it. Mm-hmm. We, it would be there was there'd be structure with it on like a macro level, zoomed out rotations. Mm-hmm. But on a week to week basis, it wasn't progressive. There wasn't periodization as far as like progressive overload on the movements and people liked it yeah we switched about eight months ago to now each month it's structured um it's where like monday will be back squats wednesday will be cleans and friday will be i don't know jerks or something tuesday thursday will be more on like circuits or conditioning and that is kind of repeated for the whole month so the only tangible things we have to go off of are attendance numbers and churn. And it's very hard to have that objectively because our gym is bigger since we last measured it, but attendance is up and churn is extremely low. Right. Knock on wood. Um, the churn is about 4%, which is near all time low levels and people, they want to do stuff where they can see week to week improvement in movements. So, I'm a very big believer in that as far as giving people stuff to like tangibly track and be able to say, oh, I did five pounds more than this last week. And to where after four weeks, they've gone up 15 pounds in a lift. You know, we're big on performance goals. Yep. So it's in a structure like that, every single month, people have wins. Yep. Indisputably, people will have wins. Mm-hmm. Whether it's doing a heavier kettlebell swing or one more pull up or maybe two seconds off their mile, like that type of format is conducive to constantly giving people those little miniature victories that I know we talk about as being so important. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, this goes on to a different route, but like, you know, you see a lot of gyms that market very specific results and I hate that. I hate the, I hate when people constantly push like, Oh, fat loss or, you know, lose the 10 pounds, whatever, um, lose dress sizes and all that stuff because you're giving people something that they have to hit. And if they don't, they're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our approach with our marketing is is performance related. You'll get stronger. You'll feel better. All that fun stuff. So I think that um, when people have all these little wins throughout the week, it's just it constantly builds their confidence. It shows that they're getting results. You know, even if they came in to lose 20 pounds, you know, by getting stronger and seeing little wins here and there add up, all of a sudden at the end of a few months, it's like, wow, I hit my goal. But that wasn't the direct focus. I wasn't coming in with like, I need to lose three pounds this week and and all that stuff. So I think it changes the focus and the mindset of people so that they're, as they get those little victories, they add up into bigger victories. And that's when they're kind of hooked, if you will. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's, you know, it comes from that whole, like, const, quote, constantly varied mantra of CrossFit headquarters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their whole thing is, you know, general, general physical preparedness that, like, being ready for anything and structure can still make you ready for anything. Yeah. This notion that, like, every day has to be this wild assortment of different shit going on mm-hmm. is, honestly, it's, it's not great training. Yeah. Like, it... it you're going to get better. You do enough stuff over a long enough time, you're going to get better. 
if you do a randomized training program for a year, you're going to squat enough to get a stronger squat. Yeah. So it's like, it's still going to work, but I prefer after doing both over the last six years, constantly varied versus constantly structured, I'm going to take the structured. Route. Yeah. And that's not to say that there's still not variety within those months or within those weeks of the months. Like the movements will change, the accessory movements, the conditioning type will change. So you're still getting in varied work, but it's all based around the same foundations of that month. Yeah. So as far as like, you know, not to get off on a, on a programming talk, you know, bringing this back into membership, the takeaway is since we've implemented that, churn is at an all-time low. People yep. are leaving less because in my personal opinion, it's easy to follow something that's structured versus it's easy to follow something that's random. Yeah. So people, I think, want direction, they want structure, and they want a program to follow versus like, you know, you miss the gym for a few weeks and you hop back in and you're kind of just like wandering around. Whereas mm -hmm. if you miss the gym for a few weeks and you come back in, you're immediately into something that's structured. Right. You might be on the back end of it, but a new one is starting in another week or so. And yeah. We've talked to a lot of CrossFit gyms on the show, and I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like I know Jessica Estrada of... CrossFit Yakarhu mm -hmm. in Austin. They do that. They do eight week blocks, I yep. believe. Um, I think Christmas Abbott said that Invoke does that style of programming. Okay. And um, that's all that I can really remember. But I don't know. I just kind of think that if you're still doing like totally random workouts, then it's just, I don't know. I think it's a sign of just. I don't want to say like antiquated training, but you could just do so much better for your membership and retain people so much better by giving them a little bit of structure. I think from the outside looking in too, if somebody comes and they start learning about your programming and they, they see that you have this kind of mapped out plan, I think it gives the consumer the idea that the training is smarter. Uh, it's more thought out, you know, it's more professional, if you will, even though, you know, in reality, it's not all that different. You know, it's the same stuff, just a little bit more structured. But to the to the client, to the consumer, it looks like there's a lot more going on. Yeah, and it's just like it's so easy to cop out when you're doing constantly varied stuff. Since I've had to write workouts that are structured, like I've had to pay so much more attention to it. Have you? Because you just you have to put them together better. Yeah. Like, it has to be more logical, and it get it, you know that's going to force you to program better and you're going to get better results from your members out of that, which yeah. means they're, they're going to want to stay. Right. So, you know, we've kind of settled into now my, my, my personal favorite approach with it is having three days that are, you know, pretty quote structured. Like mm -hmm. let's, let's use July for an example. This month we have clean and jerks and all of their regressions on Monday. We have snatches on Wednesday and squats on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday and Friday are kind of open. So those are like kind of, quote, varied random days. Mm -hmm. And I find that that strikes a good balance. People are able to track their progress in the main lifts. Like, got to give people stuff to track, pay attention to. And like we said, those little wins. While yep. also getting that, like, this doesn't feel monotonous. I'm not bored by this. Like, right. our, our attention span is just shrinking as a culture. Everyone, all of us. So it's like... People will get bored in four or five weeks if every day is the same as last week. Yep. So that strikes the good balance of keeping the eye on the prize, proper training, good results, safety, while also giving people like a little bit of variety. And I think it's 
I think we're in a good spot with how it's kind of going and the flow of everything and, and what it's doing to all of our membership numbers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of going into what you started to talk about with like the tracking, um, I think recognition is a big part of that where, um, you know, we have different clubs and we have different milestones that people can hit. So when you're hitting these little wins every week and that's building up and then all of a sudden you hit, you know, a milestone lift, if you will, that gets you on the board for one of our clubs. And it's like, it's almost like the karate, uh, like the, the belts, the belt system. It's like, if you have, I don't have no idea what the belts are, but let's say just you have a yellow belt and it's like, you think that's a super JV belt. Is it? Okay. Let's say just the first belt. Let's just say you just started and you have the yellow belt and you, you know, work for three months and you get the orange belt. I think, I don't know what comes next. Blue? <laughs> Literally not a clue. Um, let's say, you, you know, you get that next belt. It's like you're much less likely to leave. All right, you're you invested in, in the process. Yeah, you're invested in the process because you've put in this work, you've gotten to a certain achievement, and you, you're naturally going to want to keep going. So I think that the, the tracking leads to, you know, different milestones and different clubs that you can lay out. And I see a lot of gyms that don't do any sort of, like they have their leaderboard lifts and that's it. Um, but I think you need a lot more tracking, a lot more uh, different things for people to pay attention to. And I think it's also really important for new members. You know, most of the people who join your gym, they've never done this stuff before. Right. So what's going to get them more acclimated? Four straight weeks of repeating foundational movements or totally random stuff to where they can never really see any major development that gets that ball rolling. Yeah. And I think it's four weeks in a row of following the same type of movements and getting good at them and getting that foundation to where they can see progress week over week. They feel like, you know, like we just said, invested in the process. And, um, that's a huge component of that is structured training is going to go very, very well for new members starting out to be able to acclimate themselves to something. Yeah. I mean, since we moved to this style of programming, we, I've noticed a lot more just individual, um, I don't know what you call it, just individual progress on people tracking and paying attention to their numbers. Um, you know, if you're coming in and there's no structure, there's not as much incentive to really pay attention and say, okay, this week on squats I did, you know, 150 times five. Whereas if you have this structured program, you're going to be like, remember, I did 150 times five. So next week when I come in, I can either up the weight or, you know, increase the reps or whatever that scheme is. Um, but I just notice in general, people around the gym, they just are paying attention and they know their numbers more. For sure. And it's like one of the big hesitant hesitancies that I had when we made that switch is like you get caught up into constantly like, what if some people don't like this movement the whole month? It's on Which a Tuesday. Which some people didn't. Yeah. Of course. And that'll always be the case. But yep. that's the beauty of having other classes mm-hmm. is people will go to the shred class or they'll go to the kettlebell class. And there's all these options that people can just be like, all right, like Tuesdays, like I don't really care about snatches very much, so I'm going to make shred my thing in July. Yeah. And it's like, then it gets people working on other goals and it exposes them to weaknesses that they didn't know that they've had. And mm-hmm. it has this, you know, synergistic effect where it also grows your other specialty classes because the act of somebody maybe not liking a movement has driven them into a class that they otherwise didn't know fucking existed. Right. And so now they're doing that class and they like it a yep. lot. And it's just good. It's good all around. I, I struggle to see any negatives of that that are detrimental enough to the business to negate all the positives. Yeah. So I mean, I, I to be honest, when we switched over, I, I had a lot of concerns because I first and foremost 
consider myself a member of the gym and I'm always looking at it. Well, like I'm doing this training too. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I had some concerns cause I love the diversity and I love, and most people do. Yeah. And I love all that stuff. Um, but like immediately it was like, Oh wow, you still get that diversity, right. but there's just a little bit more like clear path and a tunnel to what, to what you're working on. Um, yeah, and I know we had kind of made I, I made that point of it's good for phase one. Pe- phase one is our term for our new members. Um, it's the program that we have that starts people off. Well, I guess we should just take a step back and go over the whole process because it's kind of relevant to the next point on scaling and progressions. Yeah. So when people join our gym, I know that some gyms have foundations. It's a week-long course. Some it's two weeks. Every gym has kind of their own different style of it. For us, it's our phase one program. So somebody joins the gym, they're a quote phase one athlete. When you're coming to class, our whiteboard has all level, which is kind of the workout everyone does. And then there's progressions left and right of that. On the left-hand side, it's phase one. So say, for example, if all level is doing a back squat, phase one is doing a goblet squat with a kettlebell. Mm -hmm. Advanced people might be doing like a two rep back squat at like 90%. Mm -hmm. So... What this does is it scales it, real scaling for everybody in the class. Yep. And that, you and I are big believers in putting everybody of all levels together. That's real community, in my opinion. Yeah. And getting everybody in the same workout. You got people in the gym quite literally squatting 500 pounds next to a, a new person that's doing a bodyweight squat. Yeah. I observed that today in the 11 a.m. class. Really? <laughs> so it's like you do that and you just have this great atmosphere created with everybody feeling comfortable that they're doing their, the, the thing that's best for them at that, um, at that time. Yeah. So, you know, scaling is something that gyms throw around a lot, but a lot. I don't know enough about it to really analyze if people are doing it proper properly. I have a suspicion that they're probably not scaling is not like push-ups or kneeling push-ups like that's the obvious shit right I mean, that's easy to do but it's you know scaling something you know kind of like i just said with that squat example so you can still have one main movement but everybody doing it at something that's better than them yeah or better for them and it's like maybe your advanced athletes are doing a challenge for time you know a seven minute barbell challenge for time that's pretty rigorous that you should not be having anybody other than an advanced athlete doing yeah. So maybe the phase one people are doing those movements. So let's take a challenge that we have that is an eight to one thruster ladder with a 200 meter row. Maybe phase one is doing, are doing that movement pattern, but they're doing it with dumbbells. Mm -hmm. There are two other movements in there and it's not for time and it's for, you know, five rounds. Right. So it's like they're still working the same muscles and they're still doing the same thing, but they're just not doing it like an asshole and setting themselves <laughs> up to get hurt and get terrible results. Yeah. So the the point I'm making is the footprint on the time required for a coach from a communication perspective is very minimal. All you have to do is demonstrate the difference between like a dumbbell thruster and a, you know, a barbell thruster. You're not doing these totally different workouts. You're just doing iterations of them that are best suited for that, yep. for that level. So I, I'm a big believer in scaling and proper progressions and regressions to make sure everybody is hitting their, 
their beneficial stuff in each workout. And I, I think a lot of people are concerned that they're like, okay, if I take this person and I regress them, we don't like that word necessarily, but um, we regress them to a less complex movement. Maybe it's a little easier movement that that person is going to feel left out and that person is going to not get as good of a workout. And so they're going to be unhappy. And I've had that thought in the past before, but in seeing it, you really see the people respect that and enjoy that because it is built more for them. And they, as long as you take the time and explain when people join why you're doing this, then they're going to understand and they're going to be like, wow, this is much better for me than trying to do something that I'm not capable of doing and potentially getting hurt. And a lot of people are terrified of getting hurt when they join a strength and conditioning gym or a CrossFit gym or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great point because that feeling is is real. Like yeah. people, they are going to feel slightly left out yep. and they might have their ego bruised a little bit for sure. Yep. However, that in my opinion is gr- much far, much greater. It's outweighed by the, the second stuff you yep. said. The fact that, okay, they're aware, they're paying attention. This is probably better for me. Yep. That is going to trump the... You know, wah, 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 I wish right. I was doing the other stuff. And then they start to realize, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this stuff and I should be doing things that are better to set me up for the foundation. They go through one phase one workout and they're like, you know, that really wasn't that different after right. all. And, and then maybe, it gives, sorry. And then it gives them something to look forward to and work towards. Right. Too. And how many times have like, have we, for example, gotten new members from places that were like, you know, I had this injury that they w- I, I couldn't work around. You know, we just literally a woman just joined who quit other gyms because, you know, they wouldn't. I think she had what, what was the issue? She so she has some I, I don't know the details of the actual injury, but um, she has some sort of hip injury that doesn't allow her to go full range on squats and um, some hinge movements. Um, I'm still in a conversation with her about it, but um, yeah. She she physically cannot do a full squat. Yeah. Let's just take the squat, for example. So she had been to other gyms, and they, number one, didn't respect that she went to them and was like, I can't do a squat. They were like, you can get lower. Like, yeah, you can. It's like, no, I I physically cannot. Yeah. Like, the, the, this isn't a discussion. And they gave her crap about it, and, like, they didn't want to scale it for her. Or, or, ass to grass, bro. Yeah. So, you know, she was hesitant to join. Because she was like, I've had so many bad experiences in the past that I'm I'm assuming that you guys are going to treat it the same way. Yeah. And it's like, you know, all the time we'll have people, you know, who, you know, nicks and dings. And that, that shit happens if you come to the gym and you work out long enough. And they'll, you know, they'll be like, hey, um, you know, like Ashley, for example. You know, mm-hmm. she has recurring just plantar fasciitis for, from, from running and just all the shit that she does being on her feet. And... Like, still to this day, I'm like, this is not annoying for us to switch. (laughs) I'm like, this is super easy. You take this movement, we'll do this. And every time, and, you know, she's a microcosm of a conversation I have all the time with people Mm -hmm. that, you know, modification around injury, around nicks, around dings is not a difficult thing. And if you work with people on that, you keep them and you're able to keep them productive and you're able to keep them moving forward without, you know, having to view them as an inconvenience, as a nuisance and, you know, a a time drain. You know, 
when I was talking at the beginning of the podcast about friends who had to leave gyms because, you know, they got themselves hurt and then the gym wouldn't work around it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all I would ask them, you know, what the stuff was. And it's just like very basic stuff that I think most gyms are capable of working around, but either just don't want to, or don't think about it. Or it's like, this is the workout. This is what you're doing. Right. But I, I do think it comes from a lack of education in some senses, but you know, what does a gym do if, they don't they don't know exactly what to do for every injury or like they're just unsure because I think a lot of times that's when they're like not able to work around is because they're just they may not know what to do so like what do you do in that situation if your staff isn't qualified to work around injuries like they should I would say spend some time educating Educating. them (laughs) on it yeah um it's definitely an important thing and I know that's one of the things that I'm working on right now is like a big internal cliff notes version of it just so everybody can have access to it from our members to our coaches mm-hmm. um you know shit's gonna happen to people right. so it's how how are you prepared to kind of handle that you know I, it bothers me if places put people through you know quote serious training like squats and like deadlifts and then are ill prepared to handle to it, handle yeah. it when shit goes south yeah it's like that's don't be in that business then. yeah so you know, I think modifications and I think regressions and progressions, you know, let's not forget about that are a huge part of it. I know some classes, they separate by fitness level, um, which I've always hated just from a philosophical perspective, but, you know, use the example of, you know, take a a five by five that a, a class is doing. It's a known fact that advanced athletes that are less sensitive to strength gains, they need a higher percentage. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just have them do three less reps at 10% more. And that's your progression for them. <laughs> they don't need a separate class. So it's like little stuff like that that keep people together, that keep that energy high as opposed to, you know, a separatist type environment, um, I think just goes a long way to, to keeping classes fun, keeping the energy high, and keeping people coming back. And going back to your point on separating by fitness levels, that also limits the time slots that people can come. So that makes you less of a convenient gym instead of having, you know, we run what 14 classes, something like that a day. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 11 or 12 of those are available to, or are our daily challenge classes that are the, you know, the most popular, most scalable, all that stuff. So like people have a ton of options. If we were to say like, Oh, this is advanced. This is intermediate. And this is a beginner class. Well, you just reduced people's time slots by three. And how, so you're, like, you're less how, convenient. How are you, how are you like quantifying that? Yeah, that's, like, yeah, there's, there's so many holes. Like you're not advanced. I just like, yeah, there's so many holes in that. That's just, it's a terrible way to do it. And I don't know a lot of gyms that do that. I've heard it brought up before. I've, I've seen think, a like, few. Yeah, yeah. I think the bigger takeaway is, you know, if you are doing a class that does have all levels, then figure out a way to just more effectively target each of them while still having everybody follow relatively the, the same style of workout. Yeah. So, um, so the fourth and the last point that we have is the mistake of being hard versus effective. I know that's kind of a big one for you that we've talked about in the past. So talk a little bit about kind of what you mean by hard versus effective and, and where that should fall on the scale of things. 
Well, I can't remember when it was, but I feel like I went on like a five-minute rant on this topic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a year ago. I forget if it was this podcast or something else. but Like Frank the Tank when he does the debate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, you know, you see so many gyms that like want to be the most badass workout, the hardest thing people have ever done. And so they just throw all these random exercises together that don't shouldn't belong together in a workout and they have people do it all levels most of them aren't qualified to do it and then you know they just talk and boast about how hard the workout is and it's like yes there is that sweat factor and that feeling of being exhausted after that people like kind of like the runner's high but that can only go so far and it's like you know programming is one of the most if not the most important thing at your gym so you need something that is going to be able to develop people along a long path so that they're a member for a very long time and just making it work out hard for the sake of being hard and posting about how hard and cool it is on Instagram is not going to retain members for a long time. That's the short version of my Yeah. <laughs> this is obviously, this is like one that I could just go on and on about because it does drive me nuts, but I'll give an example of we had two people drop into open gym last weekend uh, who were out of town, who remembers from a CrossFit gym that who knows where they're from. And I saw the workout they wrote up on the board. And as I saw them writing it, there were a couple, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this looks like they stuck their hand into a bag of all the movements and all of the things pulled out some shit and threw it together on the board. <laughs> like the amount of potential ways they could have had a terrible injury. Yeah. Like I am a very big believer in that injuries don't happen as often as people talk about who are, who take jabs at CrossFit and who, who take jabs at strength and conditioning. But if you're doing dumb shit, the chances go up. Yep. And the, this workout was a 1000 meter row. It was 20, then right off into 25 power cleans. Like, mm -hmm. do I need to, do I even need to continue? No. And then it was jerk the weight overhead, bring the barbell back down onto your back, so not off the rack. 25 back squats, another 1,000-meter row. Twenty. It was just 25, 25s of, like, all the lifts with 1,000-meter rows walked in, nice. mixed in. So it was fatigue the fuck out of yourself and then get yeah, under I'm sure heavy it was hard as fuck, and jerk yeah. something. And that was just such an example of what being hard but – not even remotely close to being effective. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm not going to get into the details of how to properly program for different conditioning energy systems or any of that. However, I'm a big fan of that out of breath feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of getting that sweat. I think a lot of people are lying who say that they might not like that. Mm -hmm. So I do want to provide that for people, but in a way that's going to work them towards that goal. Right. So it's like, you know, Sure, we have bouts of, you know, anaerobic, skewed, shorter bouts of conditioning with barbells, kind of hard and intense. We also have longer, less intense, 25-minute circuits. So it's just bad business to program a shit workout like the one that that couple did. Yeah. Because not only are you giving them something that's not really targeted towards anything, but you're setting them up to get injured. And when they get injured, they're no longer paying you for your business. Yep. So having some awareness and there's plenty of ways to make something hard while also having it be safe. Those two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. 
I've never really understood that kind of thought process and having awareness that that affects your membership. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was very well said. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I, I do think that it's getting a little bit better, but you know, then you see the CrossFit games workouts come out and like the actual games ones. And some of them are just still like they tore 23 pec muscles. I, I think, saw that. And, the yeah. Dips. Yeah. and I don't know, man, like, I think the good gyms are, are seeing that for what it is and more of like a spectacle than something to be taken seriously from a programming perspective. Yeah. But I just think put some thought into it and, and it's just like, do we even need to make this point? Like not having people get hurt should be at the top of your list. Yeah. So, so think about that. Use common sense. I mean, I, I think, you know, people see maybe people do understand that the CrossFit games and what they do there is a little bit more of a spectacle and a show rather than proper training for the average person. But then people see that on TV and they, they read the articles about people getting hurt and they're going to associate your gym with that. Right. Unless you do it differently and educate people on, you know, what you do and how you do it. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think the average person knows that it's like a spectacle versus right, the average proper person, training. Yeah. And so it's like, they want to go in and they want to do that. And it's like, you, I'm sorry, you're, you're probably never going to do that. Here. Yeah. So if that's what you're looking for and I have no problem losing people who want to go to a gym, that's just like broed out beast mode, yep. all that bullshit. Yeah, beast mode. So yeah, hard versus effective to kind of tie, tie the, the loose ends up on that. Always making sure, like when I write a conditioning workout, I just I always try to think like, what is that? What's the goal here, and what am I specifically trying to work? Yeah. And if there's no, if it's like eh, a little bit of everything, it's yeah. like back back to the drawing board. Yep. And I didn't used to write workouts like that. Like right. there used to always be just like you know, let's make this hard or let's make this challenging, and then you start to see that this stuff is actually detrimental in the long right. term. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's it for the four points. Um, just to recap them. First point was don't be too strength oriented. Make sure you're diversifying, give people options. Second point, don't be too random. Constantly varied is sounds nice, but you want to give people structure so that they can have wins month over month. Uh, make sure you are set up to scale and progress all levels of fitness, injuries, advanced athletes, have skills in place to be able to modify and do proper good scaling. Mm -hmm. And then fourth mistake, don't be the gym that is focused on just always being hard versus being effective. Um, Cause being effective ultimately is why people end up returning to your gym. They, yep. they get results. So what was it on the other po podcast on this? Uh, results are cool. Results are fun. Oh, results yeah. are fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, that's it. Like I said before, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out the website, the business of lifting weights.com and keep the inquiries and questions coming on things that you need help with as listeners and gym owners. And, um, let us know how we can continue to be of assistance. We'll see you next time. Bye.